Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Here's a brief but annoying message to let you know that you could have first heard this episode nine months ago if you were a subscriber to our Iron Filing Society Patreon offering. For the price of a pint and a St. Clements each month, you can get up to four episodes a week, nine months before the rest of the world gets them. Early access to regular episodes, lots of other marvellous benefits, and there's absolutely no adverts or brief but annoying messages like this that will get right on your ticks. Find out more and subscribe now at tftimemachine.com slash ironfilings. Here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, this is it. This is Top Flight Time Machine. I am Andy Hotbody Dawson, pow, pow, pow. I'm Sam Nifty Delaney, so what? Welcome along to what I assure you is the final episode in the Zamo Odyssey, because it was meant to be the final one last week, because for fuck's sake, all we had to do was go through the three-minute video of just saying no Mate, by the it's Grinch quite some video though let's be it real it is but god we got about nine seconds into it Sam okay alright crying out loud let's uh, stay focused this haven't week haven't said that let's not rush through it because it's only three mm. minutes it I'm going to try and get it on in the background I need to see it yeah you do that it took us 42 minutes to do a four minute Jeff Kipps film the other day so you know you just don't know what's going to happen last time we got distracted by um Robbie from Grinch Hill, uh, John Alford. Yeah, and we found out about some bad downs, things. Let's say. Yeah, he said say. some ups and downs. I felt bad about that. Yeah, not felt bad about talking about it. I just felt bad for, for John. I'm just, I'm just thinking about it. I mean, I'm looking at him here, Robbie, in the thing, and he's like, he's right near the beginning. He's They're in the gym. Yeah. And uh, drug dealers trying to push drugs on him, but he's so sweet and innocent. He's got yeah, this cherubic cherubic yeah. face. And he's so naive, and this drug dealer's exploiting his vulnerability, and you can see him, and he's, strangely, he's got his leg up in quite a macho style on a piece of gym equipment. And he's sort of like, oh yeah, drugs, that sounds fine. Is it legal and healthy? And the drug dealer's giving it, yeah, no problem at all. That is perfectly legal, and it's actually good for you, it helps you grow, it's good for your bones, like milk. It'll put airs on your chest. And he's like, oh, okay, yes, I'll, I'll buy some of it off of you. And then Zamo, thank fuck, comes over and goes, oi, what's this? What's this Go about? On, fuck off. This is obviously post-heroin Zamo, because he's in the gym, isn't he? He's bulking he's up. He's become evangelical yeah. about it. Yeah. He's, he's, he's got himself clean, and now he's spreading the word to, to other innocent kids like Robbie, yeah. I'm just looking on Facebook to see if John Alford is active on there, because, um, because why wouldn't he be? But he doesn't seem to be. There's a John Alford fan group. Um, which is a private group and it's got 410 members on Facebook. So you could join it, but you can't see what's going on. Uh, I remember when he turned up, when he, when he sort of blossomed from being the young cheeky chappy lad in like the lower forms to like when he was like fifth year, sixth form and he suddenly became a heartthrob and they had a school disco and it was fancy dress and you had to come as an icon. So like some of the girls came as Marilyn Right, um, and he turned up as James Dean. Whoa! And I remember, remember I was one. quite into James Dean at the time because 
Jay, in the eighties, everyone got really into James Dean, didn't they? Do you remember? James yeah. Dean was like really trendy to be into, wasn't it? Yeah. I don't know much about. I didn't. I didn't get into James Dean. I, I, I think the films were kind of a bit impenetrable. It was just the look, wasn't it? The fact that he died. Yeah, young. it was just a look. It was an aesthetic thing. It was like everyone yeah. was sort of fashionable. It was very sort of like you know. I don't know if the Smiths ever had James Dean on the cover. They probably did. Yeah, but it was they that did sort on one of, of the singles. Yeah. Where kind of you know heart those kind of silver screen heartthrobs yeah I mean it was the way that everyone I mean I know everyone's always been into Marilyn Monroe but in the in the 80s in particular everyone wanted to like everyone had a Marilyn Monroe poster and all the rest of it do you know what I mean yeah uh, and yeah James Dean but yeah you're right his films because he only made three and then he smashed himself in in a car um, were quite they weren't that good like mm. everyone was like James Dean this James Dean that I thought alright fuck it everyone's on about Rebel Without a Cause Mm. I'll watch it. It's really boring, mate. Yeah, I always found that. Yeah, I think I watched one of them. It was on Channel 4 or something. You watch a bit of it and say, like, fucking yeah. hell, this is no good. Yeah, it's boring. He did three. Did East of Eden. Is that uh, yeah. John Steinbeck novel? I think it is. And one called Giant. And yeah, uh, yeah I gave them all a go, but nah, no good. not for me. I don't, I'm not sure if, if James Dean was on a Smith's cover. I don't think he was. I'm just he should have been. I think now. sometimes they struggled when I read this book and jo- Johnny Miles. Yeah, they couldn't get clearance a lot the, of the time. The what they wanted, it. like Morrissey, definitely would have wanted James Dean, and then yeah, they couldn't. They couldn't get it. There was there was one of the singles which I'd, I think originally had Terence Stamp on the cover, drinking a glass of milk, and then he mm. objected, and then they replaced it with Morrissey, drinking a glass right. of milk as well. Yeah, very often they wanted like some Hollywood icon, like what's his name, um, Montgomery Clift. Yeah. But they ended up having to have Charles Hawtrey instead. <laughs> yeah. Great, oh, great a, covers though. A great a, idea for like just a the, a concept that they ran through all of their singles and albums, wasn't it? There's a great uh, episode to be done about Charles Hawtrey, I think. Yeah, there's a there's a book uh, about Charles Hawtrey. Um, it's the really small book. It's about ninety yes, pages it. long. Yeah, I've got it. That's <clears> it. Yeah, it's brilliant. P- peculiar character, wasn't he? I'm just looking. Somebody I know recently posted a page from it, which is about Charles Hawtrey's mother, who was as mad as he was, if not madder. And she used to accompany <laughs> him to the set, and they used to have to lock her in her dressing room because she'd fucking go around causing trouble all day long. That's really funny because in Carry On Abroad. <laughs> He's got a nightmare mother who takes him to the coach. Do you remember they're getting on the coach? Oh, yeah. And he's got an overbearing mother and he's going on holiday on his own without her, even though like he's clearly about 40, but it's his first time away without her. Because I remember she's getting on the, he's getting on the coach and she won't stop shouting at him after. She's going, and remember, put plenty of, if you do need to go toilet, put plenty of paper down first. <laughs> he's like, oh, do be quiet, mother. <laughs> I, oh, I tell you yeah. what, mate, I've never read that book, but I'm going to get a copy as soon as we finish this episode. And yeah. then we might, it feels like something we might just dive. It feels like it's diveable. Um, I'm just looking on. There's a, a thing here about his mother. He had a close bond with his mother, Alice, who encouraged him to believe he was actually the illegitimate son of Rolls Royce founder, Sir Henry Royce. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ. That's some bad mother in that. 
Oh, no, I don't know who his dad is. I tell him it was the uh, boss of Rolls-Royce because uh, that makes him feel good about himself, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and that was a... Uh, he was a, a curious figure. We should maybe just go for the Wikipedia page and go from that. Yeah. But, Either um, way, though, I think I will read that book. Oh, you definitely should. It's really good. You can get yeah. through it in an afternoon. I, read I think it. the same bloke wrote a book about Kenneth Williams as well. Right. I'm all in favour of that. I suppose Kenneth Williams' diaries are the way to go with That's Kenneth Williams, That's the one, Williams, yeah, the diaries are brilliant. We're getting sidetracked again, aren't we? Who cares? We are, yeah. None of them are in Grange Hill, although, fuck me, wouldn't <clears> it have been great if they had been playing teachers just in cameos yeah. for a few episodes? But getting back, um, to, getting back to Morrissey and James Dean, um, Morrissey yeah. wrote a book in 1982, just before he formed the Smiths, called James Dean Is Not Dead. Oh, my God. Um, and it was a 48-page book, slightly smaller than the Charles Horry one we're talking about. It's a fanzine expanded into a book. Um, and it came out, and you can buy one for about 120 quid, if you're so inclined. Have you read Morrissey's book? It's really pretty mad. No. I, no. By that time, I wasn't it's, it's, into him enough to read it. It's not an easy read. I mean, he only did the deal on the basis that Penguins would release it as a Penguin classic. Yeah. And I think that in itself is like, fucking come on, mate. And they shouldn't have agreed to it because no, it sullies their brand. But no. I did read it, and obviously there are several laugh-out-loud moments but it's fairly impenetrable for large passages because he is completely overwrite. And I don't think he has chapters either. So it's just one continuous passage, effectively, oh, over Jesus about 300 Christ. pages. A, a diatribe. A Johnny Marr's book, on the other hand, is excellent and much right. more readable. So right. if you if you, if you you want some Smith's action, I'd recommend Mars over Morrissey's. Yeah. Um, yeah, Morrissey shouldn't be enabled at this point, I don't think. Here's here's an anecdote from Kenneth Williams. Um, During the filming of Carry On Teacher, Joan Sims cried out to Hawtrey that his mother's handbag had caught fire after her cigarette ash fell into it. Without batting an eyelid, Hawtrey poured a cup of tea into the bag to put out the flames, snapped the handbag shut and continued with his conversation. (laughs) (laughs) I tell you... That puts me in mind of probably one of the the funniest bit in in Morrissey's autobiography, uh, which includes Joan Sims. He goes to see her because he <clears throat> wants to use a picture of her on one of his covers or have oh, a yeah. picture in one of the videos. Yeah. I can't remember which it is, but he want he needs to go negotiate with Joan Sims, so he tracks her down personally. But she appears to have fallen on hard times and yeah. is living in a flat above a shop, and it's quite. She was, she was drinking quite heavily, I think, as well, wasn't she? So he goes round there, he knocks on the door, she answers the door, and he introduces himself to her. He goes, just to remind you, I'm, my name is Morrissey, and I, I'm the lead singer in a pop group, and blah, blah. He's quite famous, but she doesn't really know who he is, right? And so he explains who he is, and all she says to him is, I'm, I hope I've got this right, because it's not going to be very legal, but I'm pretty certain, right? She just says... After he's explained who he is, she just looks at him and she goes, do you know Nicholas Parsons? <laughs> and he goes, no, why? And she goes, he's a cunt! And then she bursts out crying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, that's fine. You can tell that story because John Sims is no longer with us and neither is Nicholas Parsons. No. So, Oh, yeah, Nicholas Parsons is brown bread too. Yeah, uh, okay, we should be on easy ground, yeah. Um, T- Kenneth Williams also tells the story of 
Hawtree gathering up sandwiches left over from a buffet for the carry-on cast and taking them home. <laughs> Good lad. <laughs> yeah. Um, Williams was envious of Hawtree's acceptance of his sexuality. Williams said, he can sit in a bar and pick up sailors and have a wonderful time. I couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, um, yeah, like you say, the, the Kenneth Williams diaries are brilliant. Um... Roger Lewis wrote that book. It's called Charles Hawtrey, 1914-1988, The Man Who Was Private Whittle. And it's very short. Um, I think I might do a slim volume about John Alford. Yeah, why not? In a similar vein. Slim volumes are the way forward. Not much work to do. So Mm. we're looking at this video, yeah. um, Robbie has been offered some drugs by this bloke who isn't wearing sports gear. He's just come in just to sell drugs. Yeah. I don't know why you'd sell heroin in a gym. I go up the gym and see if I can sell any drugs to people. Weird place to go for your drug dealer. Unless you're flogging steroids, I suppose. So Zamo comes, that's the thing, yeah. Zamo comes in and says, what's going on? And he shoves the bloke and that, like, a wrap falls to the floor. Zamo runs his shoe across it and it reveals its evil contents all across the floor. There it is, drugs on the floor. What kind of drugs? Doesn't matter. Just drugs. Just powder, drug powder. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Zamo says to Robbie, you don't want to mess about with this stuff. And Robbie says, I don't. And he says, Zamo says to the fella, what are you doing here? We train here. And the bloke just skulks off. Um, <clears throat> another victory for the anti-drugs lobby led by Zamo. So um, in, that, that's just like the intro during the intro music of the song before the vocals start. Um, then it goes straight into the song from yeah, there. I, and the first thing we see, what I like, is the first shot mm, when the video kicks off, all of a sudden, is Ziggy, the cheeky, the, what I call the mouthy scouser, yeah. who went to Grain Chill. Yeah. Um, and he wore a, and he's he's wearing a trilby hat. Yes. <laughs> Do you know what, mate? I was just about to take the piss out of him for wearing a trilby hat. Like, why are you wearing a trilby hat? But I've got to tell you, I bought a Trilby hat when I was about this time. Yeah. I think they must have been... There was a bit of a look that was sort of slightly Dick Tracy or Humphrey Bogart yeah. that was sort of fashionable around this time. Yeah, yeah. Trench trench coats, Trilbys. And there was a place called um, Kensington Market in West London where like all the teenagers used to go and buy sort of vintage old clothes and that. Yeah. And I, when I was about... I don't know, 11 or 12, I started sometimes going up there and you feel dead grown up just for being there, yeah. right? There'd be scary goths in there and shit. Mm. And I saved up some pocket money and I went up there with my mate and I bought a Trilby hat. Yeah. And and then I fucking wore it once, <clears throat> once into mm. school. Never again, mate. Did you get loads of pelters? Yeah, fucking yeah, loads of shit, it, didn't those I? Those cunts, those fucking small-minded little cunts didn't understand, did they? They had no fucking imagination at all. I was a trilby man now. Yeah, they had no imagination. I was a man of substance. Yeah. I had become a gentleman and I wore a trilby hat, but they wouldn't have it. Oh, but I was lucky. I mean, usually if you wore a hat that drew attention, it would get thrown <clears throat> on the top of a bus stop. But I managed to evade that fate, but only only just, so I just never, I never wore it again. I did wear it when we went on holiday that summer to Portugal. Mm. But then one of my brothers said, because I'd just started growing a bum fluff moustache around the same time, because it was that sort of age. Not on purpose, it had just sprouted, and I hadn't yeah. sort of learned how to shave yet. You know how it is. Yeah. And I remember 
um, turning up at the airport with a trilby hat and a bum fluff moustache and my brother going to me <laughs> fucking hell you look like a Portuguese peasant girl <laughs> so after that I would have it was said just you like, probably look more like Private Walker from Dad's Army the Spiv yeah or um <laughs> or what's his name Mickey Pierce yeah. from Only Falls yes. <laughs> that was totally. the look I wanted but that that <clears throat> trilby hat after that I'd got done for it at school mm. I got done for it at home the Chilby hat got fully retired after that. But it was a, just like this one that Ziggy's wearing while he's DJing. Yeah. I had a similar thing once. I mean, you, did you ever wear kicker boots when you were younger? I've got a pair of kicker boots now, funny enough. But yeah, I did when I was a kid, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I had some, and the ones I got, I got them in white. Whoa. That's bold. Yeah. Well, that's what I thought. I thought, why not? Yeah. Um, and there was a school disco coming up. I thought, right, I need something for this kicker boots and I think I wore white jeans with the white kicker boots as well for the school fucking disco. hell mate yeah this is amazing I yeah. wish you had a picture of this so do I I mean you can imagine it can't you yeah and there was very few opportunities to kind of wear the white kicker boots outside of the school disco yeah you know yeah I mean? it was just I was, I was, you're not I was gonna ahead wear of the time like, you're not going to wear them on the terraces at Roker Park no, are you no they get no. scuffed to fuck no I've probably seen them within the pages of Smash Hits, but that world yeah. is a different world to some. I'll be honest, I've never even seen a pair of white kicker boots. I'm now thinking I'm going to look some up. They fucking sound great. You can you can still get them by the looks of it. Um, next, sell them forty five quid. White kickers. I've got a pair of tan kickers that I actually only got in January. Oh yeah, bring them back. I see. Yeah. I thought they were a good midpoint between trainers and proper town shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I always wear trainers, but I'm starting to think I'm 50 now. Maybe it's time to stop wearing trainers and progress to somewhere else. I don't know. I've noticed how some men, when they get to a certain age and they think, oh, I wear trainers all the time, but now I'm older, I need to show that um, my status has increased. Yeah. And so instead of getting just a pair of grown-up leather shoes, they get... They, they switch from getting normal trainers to, like, super expensive trainers that are quite ugly. So you, right. they, you get blokes walking around in, like, Prada trainers or something like oh, that, right. some sort yeah, of yeah. weird trainer that are not... They're, they're not one thing or the other. They, they look yeah. disgusting, but they've got a label to say, these are trainers, but because I am a grown-up, they're very expensive trainers. Yeah. You know, I, I think I would probably gravitate towards Clark's and find something oh, there yeah. to wear. I've always got a pair of Clarks on the go, mate. That's the best. Get a pair mm. of desert boots or something like that. Yeah, because I'm not. I'm not fashion. Uh, fashion. I don't know what, what's the word. I'm not. You're into not it. fashion forward. I've never, I've, I'm fa- yeah, that's, I'm not fashion yeah. forward. I buy most of my clothes from supermarkets. I've never. Yeah. I've never you know perused the boutiques as they say. Yeah. But um, maybe it's time to, to get it. Clarks and gardening are the two things that I think are coming right. towards me. Clarks are a really good shoe because they're neither fashionable nor unfashionable. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Plus, they're very practical. They're affordable. Comfortable, yeah. And they look good with loads of stuff. So I always have a pair of desert boots somewhere. Probably won't buy another pair of of white kickers, though, I don't think. Yeah, maybe those days are gone. There's a big school disco vibe going on here, isn't there? Because that's that's where it is. 
and um, Ziggy's got his, his trilby on. And we see a little bit where a couple of the lads uh, running down the staircase, looks like it's in the school, and Danny Kendall's mm. halfway down the stairs and they just lift him up by his armpits, one either side of him, and carry yeah. him off down the stairs. A little bit of light comedy there. But yeah. a little bit of tragedy, because I think the shock of that for Danny Kendall might have then contributed towards his later death from from <laughs> wrong brain, or whatever it was that he died of. I can't remember how he died. He just someone, died. In, I someone's get muddled up because someone drowned, but that wasn't yeah, him, was that it? That wasn't him. No, he just died in Mister Bronson's car. He what, did just his brain dead. explode or something? His head exploded. His brain fucking melted or something. I can't remember what the inquest said. Bronson was sort of like it was always going to happen. He had a screw <clears> loose, <throat> and I don't think anyone asked why he was in Bronson's car. Maybe he nicked it. I think he might have nicked it. He burnt bright, didn't he, Danny? Kendall? Oh yeah, yeah. It was confusing as well, which I liked. You never yeah. knew what you were going to get next from him. If you ever did like the top five or ten Grange Hill characters of all time, mm. Kendall is a potential winner of that. I think so. I think there might be a, a Kendall Odyssey to be because he doesn't at. fit in. The, the thing is, he doesn't fit in. But you know what? He does not give a fuck about not fitting in. He's like that kid who thought he was Elvis at your school. Yeah, he's like Mini Elvis, Lee Williams. Yeah. No fucks given. And you've got to admire that. Yeah, totally. So the smoke with dancing going on at the disco. Gonch is there, as we've mentioned. He's got his brown tinted glasses on. Look at every bit. <laughs> yeah. the he's totally yuppie. owning the dance floor as well, isn't yeah. he? He doesn't give a fuck. Like, you know, most boys at that age would be very awkward standing there, back to wall, not quite yeah. knowing how to move. Not Gonch. Yeah. He knows exactly how to fucking dress and dance in a disco but situation. the thing is, Gonch is not cool. Gonch is... Capable, nah. yeah. Gunch is there to get things done. He's not yeah. bothered about being the coolest or the edgiest. Exactly. So that that's why he's fine on a dance floor because yeah. he thinks I've got nothing to lose here. A dance floor is I, I when I see a dance floor, I see opportunity. That's the yeah. way Gunch thinks. He yeah. thinks there are people you can meet, there are contacts you can make, yeah. there are even deals that can be done on a dance yeah, floor. Exactly. Every, and every with no situation. other men there because they're all too nervous. I've got the whole thing to myself. Yeah. That's that's market share, yeah. Market share. He was, he was Thatcher's baby, wasn't he? Gunch. Yeah, he was. Jalapeno. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact: you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. 
No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Jalapeño. Uh, and then there's a bit in the studio where they're all singing the song. I've transcribed the lyrics. I couldn't find the lyrics for Just Say No anywhere on the internet, wow. which I found stunning. Maybe they've been shut down by uh, some organization. I don't know. But, um, Maybe go. Phil Redmond. Yeah, you don't have to be part of the crowd. Just be who you are and stand up proud. Say no. Yeah, could have been could have been written by Danny Kendall himself. Just say no, exactly. Uh, and it kind of chimes, I think, a lot with our ethos on this podcast as well. And then they sing, you don't have to act like a great big star. You can be a hero. Be who you are. Just say no. Yeah. Don't listen. Don't listen to anyone else. All you've got to do, do is be yourself. yourself. That's my favourite yeah. bit. You've got everything inside of you. Yeah. Right. Um, have faith in yourself. Your dreams will come true. Which well, that, mm, that's That's a dangerous line of thinking. Yeah, because your don't, dreams might not come true. Don't that. Mm. Um, and then they sing, just say no, just say no, just say no. Then there's that really long instrumental with the funky bass that's, brick that, that you love. That is... Mate, I know you don't rate this song musically, but mm. that is amazing, that bass lick. That yeah. is incredible. I'll go back and listen to it again. I just didn't enjoy the production values. I thought it was, I don't know. Well, they didn't have, like, the best studio or probably even equipment. Well, I this reckon is this was done on the cheap. They should have done. Should, it's it not like been... they got Quincy Jones to produce it, although not? that would have been great. Why not? The Grinch Well, it's licence fees pay as money. I would have been more than happy for my mother's licence fees to have gone on Quincy Jones flying over to produce Just Say yeah. No. Yeah. But I don't think they got him. This reminds me as well that the BBC used to have its own record label, which I guess this would have gone out on. Really? It used wow. to be BBC Records and Tapes. So you would get soundtracks from TV shows. Uh, theme tunes would come out as a single. I remember my brother. Do you remember Dog Tanyon and the Three Muskerhounds? Do I? Yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think about it every day. Yeah, well, my brother was massively into that, and he had the seven-inch single of that, which came out on BBC Records and Tips. Theme one from Dog Tanya. and all for one. Musker hands are always ready. ready. One for all, one for all. all and all for one. Helping, Helping everybody. everybody. <laughs> Shit lyrics. <laughs> yeah. So but that was... The main reason for watching it, because mm. I got my kids into it when they were younger and watched it all on YouTube with them. Right. Um... Possible deep dive, make a side note. But for me, <laughs> when you list. watch it back as an adult, you just forget how fit my lady was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I might watch that afterwards. Because Doltanian had two birds. He had two love interests, right? He had quite boring, mousy one. Yeah. Right? And then he had the mysterious Milady, who was... I mean, she was a cat, but she Ew. was sexy as fuck. <laughs> She was always wearing a mask. <laughs> Are you looking at her now? Um, yeah, I'm just Googling her now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Milady. Oh, like, hello, hello. Like, oh, Mich- yeah. Michelle in hello, hello, it would come in uh, from the resistance. Yeah. It wasn't the sexiest like the waitresses, but she was in her own way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely right. And then his other bird, can you see the picture? His, his other bird was a dog. So it was a bit weird because, yeah. like, he was a dog and he yeah. had a main girlfriend who was also, also a, dog, a dog, but she was 
to be honest, she was nice, but she was absolutely boring as fuck. She was, yeah. Right, and he was always having his head turned by my lady, yeah. and who can blame him? Oh God, He'd have a... never been able to set, settle down with my lady, though, because oh. she was mad. Look, <laughs> yeah. I've got to tell you, I'm seeing a cat on the side. A cat? You can't see a cat. You're a dog. It's sacrilegious. Well, let's just say cats can do things that dogs cannot. <laughs> A she was like Julie Christie and Billy Liar. That you are unable to physically. She was like Julie Christie and Billy Liar. Billy wanted to be with her, but he knew that she just she was a free spirit, and he could never yeah, keep up. Too with dangerous. Her. And when she went too off dangerous. to London at the end of Billy Liar, Billy Liar is a great deep dive. Fucking great film, yeah. Um, yeah. He, spoiler alert: He just didn't have the balls to go with her. Yeah, he was uh, probably right though. Um, Women like that, they're all, they're all right. The firecracker sort are all right for a little bit of fun, but, you yeah. know. The, the, can I just re- recommend dogtanyan.net, which is a website. And it's a website in the style of early websites. It's always been up there for, like, 25 years. Yeah. And it's been put up by someone, and, and there she is. I tell you what I think about a lot, um, probably not quite as much as I think about my lady, but the second person I think about most is that cunt, Cardinal Richelieu. Yes. What an absolute cunt. Yep, he's and there actually, as well. And actually, I think of him quite often, mm. and I, I, I still get a bit scared when I think about him. Yeah. He was absolutely awful, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, getting back to the two women, though. We've got Juliet. Yeah, that's uh, it, Ju- Juliet. 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 Juliet, I love you, but my lady needs me right now. That's how Doug Tanyan talks, isn't it? His voice is all over the place. It says, Juliet is Doug Tanyan's beautiful girlfriend and a lady-in-waiting confidant of Queen Anne. When Doug Tanyan arrives in Paris, she soaks him twice before letting him stay at her uncle's house. She is prone to getting kidnapped, running off, and <laughs> looking embarrassed. She's fucking... I tell you what, no, this this lass I'm seeing, Juliet and Anne, no, she's nice enough. But I tell you what, she ain't half prone to getting kidnapped. <laughs> Fucking hell. About the fifth time she's been kidnapped, I've only been seeing her a month. I've had to rescue her five fucking times. Who gets kidnapped that much? I can't decide if she's into it or what. I don't know what the fuck's going on. I don't know whether it's a sex thing or what it is, but every fucking five minutes I'm getting a call yeah. saying I've been kidnapped again, you've got to come and rescue me. So I've got to get my sword, get my horse, go and fight a load of cunts, get her back, fine, we have it off. Next thing, I go back to my place. I go back to work. You know, I work for the king and that. And the next thing, another call. I've always happened again. Don't tell you it's me. It's happened again. Can you come and get me? No, I don't know where I am. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're going to have to ask around like you always do. I mean, you know, she needs that thing, what three words, where you can find out what your location is and then you just say (laughs) it and track them down. But she hasn't got that. She's got got a fucking, she's got a Nokia. She hasn't even got any apps. Got knock her. I can't Pathetic. even track her on the old Apple iCloud. Find my phone. Uh, and Milady, uh, a.k.a. the Countess de Winter, is Cardinal Richelieu's spy. She's driven by money and nothing else except Thank revenge. <laughs> That's a woman. <laughs> and it says as well, she's beautiful, even to other species. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's really weird. Well, that explains I don't know, man. Tanyan's attraction to I think Doug Tanyan's writers are getting a little bit too deep into this. <laughs> <sighs> Even dogs want to fuck her and horses. 
<laughs> Even I mean this this fucking program is that fucked up and psychedelic that in it a dog <sighs> rides around on a horse but fox a cat. How do you like that? <laughs> and there's another baddie that I just seen who's some sort of hawk as well. Later right. in the series, they start bringing in like birds to it. Yeah, there's a bird in the picture here which is sitting on Richelieu's shoulder, so maybe it's that one. But this is, oh, more this of a, is crow. a geezer bird. He like is walks it? around with a hat on and a oh, sword no, this is and all different. that. Anyway, we're getting sidetracked, aren't we? Yeah, okay, so then we've seen Gonch on the dance floor. <coughs> we've seen Then Gunch. we see a lot of them just, like, singing in to, like, with their headphones on, and that very much inspired by the video for Band-Aid. Yeah. Because it's that thing that, that like, they're all stood around microphones holding headphones. Yeah, yeah, it's a song. It's exactly a single for like a cause, isn't it? But I remember feeling so excited to see all of your favourite characters in this situation. But it's yeah. very badly lit, this video. It lacks much sort of gloss and glamour. It's like it's just been sort of filmed in a really kind of dreary church hall. Yeah, it's been done on the cheap, hasn't it? So you've got... Um, it's not like Duran Duran, um, Save a Prayer. No, it's definitely not. But like you say, BBC, yeah. <laughs> budgets and all that kind of thing. You've got Roland and Janet, who of course is, is sidekick. We see them together, that's nice. Yeah. But then we there's another... We go back to the gym again. And there's another, a montage which suggests that exercise is the answer to heroin addiction. Yeah. You can pump weights. Some truth in that. Pump iron. There is some truth yeah. in it, I guess, yeah. Yeah. Um, Zamo's there pumping iron. And we see him, we see what looks like his biceps, but I don't think there is biceps. They've got a body double. I think there's a body double there. Because don't, you don't see his face or any other part of him. Because they're pretty powerful muscles. And no disrespect yeah. to Lee McDonald, who plays Zamo, but I don't think they're his. You don't think he's that muscly? I don't think they're his. I think we've been we've been lied to there. Which, and if you know anything about addiction, lying is a really bad part of it, isn't it? Yeah, totally. So you can get just wrapped up in the lies. If they want to tell us to not take heroin, but then they're lying to us three seconds later. Yeah, like, then I don't in know what recovery, the message they is. just say, you know, the truth will set you free. Yeah. And that's true. And you then, know, a lot of the time, these addictions <clears> are just you're hiding from yourself. Yeah, you got you're ashamed of parts of yourself. You, you're scared of showing the, yeah. your true self to the world, and that fear eats you up. And totally. then you're you're numbing the feelings of fear and shame with these drugs. You're hiding with inside of them. Yeah. So everything is just one big lie. So, and the moment at which you stop taking drugs, you stop lying about where you're spending your money or your time. Yeah, that's the first thing. But the deeper thing is you stop lying about yourself yeah. to yourself. And so Zamo, if he's going around saying, look, I've given up heroin, but I'm still insecure about my biceps, so I want you to hire in a bicep model to sit in for me in these yeah. muscle scenes, right, in the, in the pumping iron bits, yeah. then, mate, in a way, you still need to do more work on personal growth. Yeah, you're going to be not, back, you'll on be back on the skag before you know it. Totally. Then there's a bit, um, after the gym scene, There's you see some of the kids... Um, singing just saying no repeatedly but they're doing it in sign language as well which is yeah. nice a nice little touch for the for the deaf smackheads out there yeah. or the ones I who are so off their fucking nut that they can't hear anything lost the power of hearing yeah <clears throat> so that's good there's mm. the there's the ballet scene there's some ballet going on this is the um, posh girl do you remember she was yeah. the posh girl that's why there she's was like doing a ballet. girl who'd had to drop out of private school that's right yeah and, and um so that's, yeah, that, she, that was, uh, she was posh, she's so posh. she was doing ballet. Because 
Ballet lessons are a byword for posh, really, aren't they? Completely. They shouldn't be. They shouldn't be, mate. Ballet should be for everyone. Shouldn't it? Should be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Unfortunately, in the eighties, and that's probably still the case now, it's the preserve of the moneyed classes. Yeah, they should have nationalised ballet. I reckon if Corbyn, they should teach. They should teach nationalised ballet ballet in every school in the land. Yeah, everything would be different now. Um, <clears throat> so there's all that there's, there's there's some of the girls in leotards it's a bit of a nonsense dream that bit I felt it is uncomfortable a bit watching at times, that bit yeah. um, different times though I guess and then Kevin who was Samuel's best mate uh, does a rap yeah after we've had the um, the instrumental break um, can you tell us the lyrics to that rap yeah um, shall I rap it yeah okay. why not so what was it made you do it you had no need First a taste, then a craving, then it turned to greed. Calling me your main man, you didn't understand. After all you did to me, expecting me to shake your hand. No! Yes, you did that. You fucking nailed that, mate. Thank you. And I watched this back with my missus, and she was like, that's really cringy, that rap. But I actually think it's quite good. Yeah, of I think it he is. does it. I think he does it pretty well, and I think the lyrics are decent too. I'm a bit concerned by the fact they always got the person of colour to do the rap. Yeah, that was the thing. Not then, just wasn't in it? this, but in yeah. everything. They're always like, well, we have to well, get. It's a bit David Brent now, isn't it? Like, oh, we'll do the rap, obviously. Well, getting to the modern day, to right, right up to now, the, uh, Love Island started last week, and I, I watched right. Love Island with my daughter. It's one of the things that unites us. Yeah. Um, nice father daughter activity. And th- instead of the couples getting together through choice at the beginning, as they always do, they yeah. got the public to decide who the couples will be. Who goes with who, uh, right. Public vote. That's a good idea. And, if, well, you'd think so, but, of course, um, all the people of colour that were on Love Island all got, got matched together. up with other people of colour. Yeah. By the public. That's really problematic, isn't it? It was like, ooh. Or so, yeah. I if, if you'd been producing that show, you should have intervened and cheated the, the results a bit. Sam, there's a lots of things on Love Island that should be, there should be interventions by the producers, but they, they yeah, don't. Yeah, I don't feel comfortable with the whole idea of Love Island. My daughter tells me that I'm just uncool and out of date <laughs> and judgy. That's the other thing. Well, that's judgy. the thing. I've been judging certain things that have been happening on it and saying this isn't good. And my daughter says, it makes great telly. And I thought, God, well, what have you turned into? So does fucking... So, so does fucking getting lions to fucking hunt criminals and kill them. So does getting, but, so does getting Dog Tanya to fuck a cat, but it doesn't yeah, mean it's right. Exactly. It doesn't mean you should put it on telly just because people want to watch it. There's loads of stuff that I wouldn't mind seeing if it was on, but I think it's probably best it isn't. <laughs> so we've got, that's the rap from Kevin, and then they repeat the bit, don't listen, don't listen to anyone else. All you gotta do is be self. And it's, it's that young lad Ant, isn't it? It was the bit of the heartthrob. He sings that bit, yeah. but he seems really awkward about it. He doesn't have the confidence yeah. of the heartthrob. No, uh, he doesn't have the confidence of Gonch. Put it that way. He hasn't got the swagger. If and you could combine his looks with Gonch's confidence, oh man, yeah, you, you could have any woman in the world. Yeah, and any business. Yeah, you have a lot. Um, and then they sing the bit you've got everything inside of you have faith in yourself your dreams will come true again and then they sing just say no over and over again till the song ends um, yeah that's kind of it it kind of feels like Zamo's rehab party I think yeah he's coming out of addiction yeah. party yeah they're all having they're all having a good get together because Zamo's um, better now um, apart from the lies about his biceps 
I like the bit where they're in the gym earlier, where it's like the girls are all in the gym and they're dancing in a synchronised fashion right. towards the mirror, like yeah. sort of walking and clicking very much in the musical theatre style. Oh, yeah, yeah. And they're all dressed in like just fantastic 80s sort of aerobic wear, you know, yeah. leg warmers, baggy baggy jumpers. People used to wear baggy jumpers even yeah, when they were exercising. They're very yeah. like, that came from the kids from fame. There's heavy kids from fame influence on this, which was quite a few years earlier, because that was around 1980, wasn't it? 81. 82, sort of 82 was the oh, was series. It? Okay, and yeah. this is what, 86, right? Just say no, Something I like think. That, yeah. 85, 86. So it's, about, it's very much like their chance to do kids from fame, which was obviously... Yeah. America's version of Grange Hill and therefore 10 times more glamorous. Well, yeah, I mean, Fame ran for a good three or four years. It was huge. So that'll have still been around. So massive, and it just went. Have you ever tried to watch it back? Like, I, I haven't. My I wife's we, always suggesting we have it. We watch yeah. it back from the beginning, but I don't know if it'll still stand up. To we be said honest. we were going to do that on here. We were going to look back and do an Odyssey, I think, but it, it, some of it's on YouTube. Yeah, I mean, we could just do the film. Which of course was made by Alan, the great yeah, Alan Parker, I, I, but the nah, film wasn't as good. Nah, it was a bit gritty. Nah, I don't want to do the film. It's got a bit the, of TV the film show. was quite gritty, but the show was much yeah. more like just fun soap opera styles. Yeah. Well, anyway, there we are. Uh, that's that's just saying no. That's the Zamo Odyssey. Obviously, the storyline ran on and on for a few months before he finally got off the smack. Um, but weightlifting is the answer, I guess. It can help, yeah. Pump yeah. iron and set yourself targets. You know, try and increase the weight you're lifting week on week to, like, in a very small like way. Jeff Capes, almost. Yeah, make sure you eat plenty of pilchards, drink, drink plenty of milk. of milk, and you'll be off the heroin before you know it. Thank you and goodbye. <laughs> Thank you and goodbye. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.